You are listening to Normalized Crime, an in-depth look at gang life and all the effects that come along with it. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Normalized Crime. I'm Eric. What's going on, Berto here? And Berto, we're back with another episode. And we're I'm holding in my hand right now a job application to join a gang. You want to talk a little bit about this, Berto? Yeah, so basically what it is is uh, it's just a concept, man. It's something I thought of. I was just doodling, you know, one day and I just thought about like what if there really was an application, right, to become a gang member or, or any organized crime outfit or whatever it is, right? And I guess to some extent there kind of is, right? Like there's a little bit of a you know, uh, a, a meetup period and, and there's questions asked. But but the thing is, is you never really know what you're getting into. So when I designed this, I started writing it out. It was basically just an idea of being able to ask real questions um, to the applicant, so to speak, right? So putting real questions that you probably would never know, uh, that you probably would never know would be applicable to you going into this gang. You would never know that these are the things that you have to expect and be ready for. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of a lot of un unsaid things, you know, a lot of, uh, I guess, forgotten things, forgotten to mention, you know? And uh, I think once we get into it and, and pose the questions, maybe have a little conversation about it, you'll see why it's so important, you know? And, and maybe we'll see why it's ignored you know, when people are first coming around. So that's kind of the gist of it, you know, just a, just, it was just a concept, just a thought. So my first question for this, and, and we'll get into the questions. So I know nobody on the podcast right now knows what the questions are, but just reading through this really quickly, some of these questions that are on here, when you were, look, when you were becoming up in kind of heading towards the gang life, are any of these questions things you ever even thought of? Like, had somebody handed you this, would this have been like, oh, hell no, I don't want to do any of that? And, or did, was some of this stuff you realized as could be a reality of what you were getting into? No, I absolutely was <clears throat> completely naive to everything that's on this application. And that's why, um, <clears throat> that's why I put it there. Because I feel like, yeah, if I would have had these cut and dry questions, right, about committing myself to this organization, at the very least, <laughs> I would have second thought it, you know. But mm -hmm. I, I'm almost certain, I mean, once we get into the questions, um, any sane person would probably uh, go on a different path. You know, obviously there's gung-ho people who just want to be street guys, but... You can't rationalize anything in in these questions and make it okay. You know, like you can't you can't read one of these questions and say yes to it, you know. Um sign me up and and uh and somebody not look at you like you're retarded, you know, or, or <laughs> yes. you know, um I don't know if that's politically correct. I'm sorry if it isn't. But but you you know what I mean? Like you can't you, when when we go over the questions, you'll see like, you know, it's 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 pretty cut and dry, man. These are the things that they don't want you to know. Every organization has their own 
their own recruiting tactics, right? They have their own uh, ways to try to bring guys in and and uh, none of which are going to include telling them about how toxic <laughs> the life is that they're about to get involved in, right? I mean, you know about basic risk, right? Like, you know, okay, a gang member, you can get shot and die, right? Like that's that's a basic risk. But I think for anybody that is even willing to look at a gang, that as crazy as it sounds, that element of it doesn't worry a lot of people. And maybe it's the rebel in people. Maybe it's <clears throat> whatever. Maybe it's it's you know somebody being naive and not thinking that could really happen. You know, but for the most part, I believe everybody kind of kind of thinks that's the true. But it's the little intricacies that um, bring a whole another dynamic to it. I want to continue to build up the suspense a little bit here before we go into the questions. So with that, I got one more question for you. So when we start going through this application, I think we'll both agree that you will agree that that many of these questions, even even though there's not per se a gang application that you fill out or anything, but if there were, not a lot of these questions would be definitely excluded from from it. Can you talk a little bit about like what are some of the things that gangs use to try and lure people in, to try and recruit people? Right. So that's a good question. Um I think <clears throat> I think the recruiting process it happens for the most part organically, meaning that the people are usually in those neighborhoods or around those guys. You know, it's it's not like it's not like the uh the church people on Sundays or whatever, the Jehovah witness is knocking on doors. Like they're not recruiting like that. You know, um, it's, it's usually just, you know, people that are around and, um, and <clears throat> a lot of times from what I've seen is the gang, like gangs like to recruit, like almost like small groups, you know? So they might see a group of two or three guys that hang out together all the time, you know, and they're good friends. And so you don't pick one of them, you you bring in all three of them, you know, and then the gang life in itself will weed them out if, if, if they're not worthy, you know? So as far as like actively being out there, I think that's, that, that part is just organic. Now, when you're there, right. And, and they're sort of, they're wooing you, so to speak, that can be really, really, you can be really, really, uh, um, blind, you can be really, really blind because uh, you're, you're going to be <clears throat> you're going to be smoking weed. You know, you're going to be partying. You're going to be drinking. You're going to be around girls. So all that <clears throat> all that euphoria and excitement, <clears throat> it sort of not sort of it actually blocks out the uh, the cons of the gang, so to speak. You know, and yeah, you get involved in real situations, even obviously as a future and and during the recruiting process. But if anything, it kind of, you're enamored by it, right? Like you're like, wow, like this is really organized. And so um, that's one part, that's one part how they, how they bring you in and, and um, they just show you a lifestyle that is so, <clears throat> it's so, uh, you know, like it's so big. It's so, uh, it's almost like a fantasy world to a kid, you know, like you, you could never fathom this freedom and, um you know, this, and then ultimately this brotherhood, right? Because people are shaking your hands and, and, you know, they're, they're telling you, you know, basically like, you know, they'll die for you or whatever it is. And and so those are, those are some of the, the surface level kind of 
you know, kind of recruitment tactics. Um, and then you get into the the heart of it, right? Which is like the propaganda, right? And you start <clears throat> you start understanding like guys are tatted up. You know, they got a bunch of tattoos. They got, you know, like in my case, they had crowns, they got teardrops, and then, you know, guys are wearing black and gold and, and they're throwing up crowns. And and as a kid, man, like when you see that, like you see that um you aspire to be it. You know, it doesn't have to be a person. It's it's just it's just a movement that's that's there, you know? And um you know, you you're willing to you're willing to try to understand it without even knowing what you're trying to understand, if that makes sense. You know, like mm-hmm. um, you kind of push, I guess, common sense aside, you know, because y- common sense is going to tell you, bro, this is dangerous. Like, this is probably not where you want to be, you know, and um, because, listen, I grew up normal like any other kid, you know, on the South Side. You know, I went to Forest Home. I went to Audubon. I, I like I played sports. It wasn't like I grew up, you know, and I was bare knuckle boxing at five, six years old and I was tough and in the street. And, you know, yeah, like I got into fights in elementary school. Everybody got into fights in elementary school. I got into fights in middle school. Everybody got into fights in middle school. It doesn't make me special or, you know, like it. So it wasn't like I was um, like 100 percent on board, prepared. This is my path in life. You know, no, it wasn't like that. And so it did take a little bit of of wooing, I guess, you know, and, and making sense of it. And and to be honest with you, I had a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth with the Wild Walker situation. So, you know, I was never even made as a king when I was on Wild Walker. So there was a chance there if, you know, if I would have never came to 19th Street, who knows? You know, who knows what happens um, if I if I become a king or if I don't? Because, <clears throat> you know, the Wild Walker, the Wild Walker situation was was, uh, you know, it was it wasn't great for me. And, but coming to 19th, man, it was just, it, it was, it was night and day, you know, it was night and day. It was night and day when it came to the brothers I was around. It was night and day to when it came to the atmosphere, the way I was treated. And so all those things made it like a super easy uh, decision. So. Okay. One more question before we jump into to the actual application. So yeah. um, do you feel like when you were coming up as like a future or anything like that, was there any effort made by the more the actual kings to kind of shield you from the darker side of this? Or were they pretty open about what it was? Um I can I can I can see what you're saying. I think, you know, the older guys quote unquote the older guys they wasn't they weren't that much older but yeah. you know the the older guys in the clique right um i don't i wouldn't say they shield you from the uh the dark side of it because it, it's it, you you immediately enter the dark side of it you know now you don't know the depth of it right and then and then you know older guys or more experienced guys aren't going to sit you down and say hey listen you know, like you're going to be shooting guys or, you know, guys like that, that conversation doesn't happen. Those are like, you know, like when people, especially when you first come in, like you're not privy to a lot of information, you know, you just kind of sit down, shut up, you know, know your role and, 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 and make your way. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not privy to what's going on in those circles. And then once you are in those circles, there is no, there is no shielding, you know, like you made it that far. Now you're involved. You know, so you're not shielded <clears throat> from anything. Um, 
you know, obviously once we get into these questions, then you can, you can kind of see that, uh, it's not that they shield, it's just that they, they deflect and, and they, they, uh, you know, they have a way to, to not expose the glaring, <laughs> the, the glaring pitfalls of, of the organization. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, you know, they have a way and, and, and then, and then it, it, they pass that way on to me, you know, and then I had a way of, of deflecting and, and making it seem like it wasn't these things, you know, to, to the people that I was bringing in, you know, and, and that's an even better way for me to think about it is like, I try to imagine what they were doing, but, but ultimately it was, it was me that had to make some of those decisions, you know? And so when I think about that, yeah, it wasn't like I was, recruiting guys and saying, Hey, listen, but you got to be willing to, you know, <laughs> you got to be willing to, you know, do this or that, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, and I almost, ex- I almost exposed one of the questions. I almost, I almost ruined your, I almost ruined your, <laughs> <laughs> my suspense. <Bill? laughs> yeah. I almost ruined your suspense right there. But right, you know well, what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, totally. So let's jump into, into some of these questions and I'm just going to go down the ones that I think are glaring things that okay. are on here. So the, <laughs> the first one, obviously, is are you willing to die for this or- organization, which I'm pretty sure nobody ever tells anybody that you just kind of find that out one day. And as we can tell from anybody that's listened to this podcast for an extended period of time, that that does really happen because we've had multiple instances of talking about people that die. I think Rick jumps on my head. Yeah, I got that right. Yeah, yeah for sure. Rick. Yep. 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 Black Hat. Yeah. So, um, you know what is, it's crazy. And this is why I like when you, uh, when you kind of take charge and, and, uh, and narrate some of these, these, these thoughts and these, uh, like even these questions, I, I like it because you pick out the question that literally no King really cares about. And as crazy as that sounds, that's the truth. Like nobody really cares about that because it seems so fictitious. It doesn't seem real. You know, it doesn't seem like when you say, are you willing to die for being a king? Like everybody's going to say, yeah. Even the guys who aren't kings are going to say, yeah, you know, like futures. And, and, and the same thing I'm guessing for Spanish Cobras and two ones and LFs. But, but my point is that the, the, the depth of it isn't hitting you. Like, you know, it, now if you say, are you willing to die tomorrow? Like you're going to die tomorrow. You know, like it's set in stone. You're going to die tomorrow. You know, this is for this organization. Nine times out of 10, 10 times out of 10, everybody's going to say no. You right. know, everybody's going to say no, you know, and um, especially because 90% of the guys don't even know what the organization represents, what it is, like what it stands for. So, you know, that's a, that's a whole nother conversation. But yeah, so I just find it, I find it funny that, that that's the one that you wanted to come with, because I promise you, man, like. If there's if there's if there's kings listening, if there's cobras listening, if there's GDs, LFs, two ones, I guarantee you none of those people cared about you know being willing to die. Now I put it there for shock effect, right? Because it looks like it's something you know really really uh, special. But the reality is that people can lie, bro. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like everybody can lie and say, yeah, I'm willing to die for it. But like I said, with the Reapers right there in your face, it's like, hey, listen, are you willing to die for being a king? Because otherwise, you know, you shouldn't, you know what I mean? You shouldn't be like, so yeah, that one right there, man, I think is really, really broad. 
<clears throat> right, and I and I think these next two ones kind of fall into that into that same grouping because the next two I see on here are: Are you willing to kill for this organization, and are you willing to go to prison for this organization? Well, I think most people would would honestly answer that question also as a no. But again, it it kind of has that far out effect where where well, yeah, I realize that that could possibly happen, but it's probably not going to happen to me, and it, it's easily ignored, you know. Right, right. Okay, so so are you willing to kill for this organization, and then are you willing to go to prison for this organization? Okay, so these these obviously run hand in hand, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think these questions have a little bit more they they have a little bit more weight to them, and um and the reason why is because. Unlike are you willing to die, which is something that obviously you're not going to test out, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not something where you can test, you know, if somebody's telling the truth, you can test somebody and this question, are you willing to kill for the organization? So people would have to really, really think about that. You know, people would have to really, really um, contemplate that answer. You know, they wouldn't be able to just say, yeah, I'll kill, you know, and then the next day the Inca says, all right, let's go handle some business. And and then, the you know, it changes. Right. So um, I think that's a really that's a powerful question because what goes along with it, you know, obviously you, you run the chance of, of, of not saying people don't get away with murder, but I'm saying you run the chance of going away for the rest of your life, you know, or a substantial period of time, meaning going to prison. So, so yeah, I think, I think the, are you willing to kill for this organization? I think that's powerful, bro. I think if you present that to a 13 year old kid, you know, their knees might buckle a little bit, you know, like that's a, that's a, you know, um, it's different. And, and the reason why it's different too, is because you're saying you're willing to kill. That means you're going to know that you're killing somebody, you know, it's not like you're shooting from across the street and you accidentally hit somebody and they die. Right. And then, you know, it's not that, you know, it's, Hey, you got to go and kill this dude like that guy right there, you know? I think that's powerful. Now, are you willing to go to prison for this organization? Right. So this right here is a loaded question. It's it, it can go so many different directions, right? And um, <clears throat> I think I think that most people um, in the street expect prison, and they accept prison. Um, so that element is always there. Now, how long you're willing to go to prison? And how many times you go to you're willing to go to prison? Now those are the things that start changing, um, because and then all the other elements, right? Like, are you willing to go to prison for something you didn't do? Are you willing to go to prison? Are you willing to go to prison um, for something you never got caught doing? So, so that's another one, right? Like, imagine that. Imagine you never got caught doing a crime in your life, right. and one day you get picked up, and you get handed an indictment that has a bunch of crimes that you did that you've never got caught doing. You never got caught with a gun. You never got caught, you know, on a scene of a crime. You never got pointed out by an eyewitness, nothing. And now you get handed this, you know, so, you know, um, obviously somebody cooperated on you, right? Are you willing to go to prison for that? And I just think there's so many different ways when it comes to this question that, yeah, immediately people can say yes, right? Yes. I'm willing to go, um, to prison, but I think, when you look at the overall aspect of it, I think that it's situational, you know, whether they'll admit it or not, that's one thing, but it's situational, man. You know, we talk about guys all the time that have been in and out of prison, in and out of prison, in and out of prison. At some point, man, they get sick of it. At some point that levy breaks, 
So I think the elements of that of that question <clears throat> they have to be unique to each individual. Right. And and I guess as you talk about it too, I can see how that one even both both the previous one well, the killing one is really tough. Like I that's gonna be one that I think almost anybody is gonna hesitate a little bit at. But the going to prison one, you're absolutely right. Like it doesn't you clearly define a time period for it. So a lot of people might look at this like, well, yeah, I'll go to prison for a year or two for this. But but when you throw it into their face that, no, no, we're not talking one or two years. We're talking 15, 20 years to a lifetime. I think that's going to change that answer for a lot of people. So. Right, right, right. And that's why I left it vague like that, right? Because I think that um, it leaves a little bit for the imagination. So now we're going to jump down. So there's, if you're imagining in your head what this what this uh, application looks like, now there's a second section, and the second section says the real questions never asked, and these are the ones that I think really start to get heavy because I think these are going to be things that are going to weigh on people even more than even some of those up top, which were also pretty intense questions. But so I'm just gonna. Go to. I'll just start with the first one here, and it says, "Are you willing to risk your family members' lives?" Hmm. Hmm. And I think this one is probably one that maybe even, and maybe you can speak to this. I think this is one that people just probably miss completely. Like by going jumping yeah. into this lifestyle, I'm not only putting my life in danger, but I'm putting the lives of my family members in danger. Yeah, I, I think that uh, you, first of all, you completely read my mind. That's that's exactly what I was thinking, man. That this is literally the most overlooked aspect of joining the gang is you don't realize the ripple effect it has um, and could have. Um, willing to risk your family members' lives means so many things, you know, in so many ways. You know, obviously, gang banging. There's no days off. We talk about it all the time. You know, it's 24-7, 365, 366 on a leap year. Like it's it's every day, you know, it's every day. And so you can't just you can't just transition from uh, being on the block, you know, in the gangway with a gun and and, you know, waiting to light some dudes up to walking around your mom, walking around with your mom at Walmart or, you know, for the uh, the bougie people target. Right. So um I shop at Target too, but anyways. So, <laughs> but you know what I mean, though. So, so that's the thing is like you can't you can't go from one to the other and expect everything or or expect all bets to be off if somebody sees you because you're with your mom or you're with your or you're with your your wife or your kid or whoever it is, <clears throat> you know. So you have to be willing to risk your family's lives at any time, at all times, because you know I can't I can I can't count how many times we've we've been one of the guy's houses. And, you know, like I said, we tried our best not to be out in front on porches and all that. But guess what, man, when you're, when you're scattering out of a house and there's 780, you like people are going to see you, you know? And like, we're all walking out with black and gold on and our hats to the left. It's not hard to tell what we are. So now that house is the target. You know, I can remember vividly, man, riding with my mom one time, uh, me and my brother, Tim, we're driving my mom, we pull up right on 13th and, and Beecher and a car pulls up next to us and there's like three or four guys in there. It's literally me, my mom, my brother, 
and I believe it was my niece, um, one of my nieces, and that they pull up right next to us, man, and there's like three or four of them dudes, and as soon as they seen us, they both, all of them, they start just dipping the crown to us, you know, just waiting for us to react. Uh, they didn't care my mom was right there. They didn't care my niece was right there. You know, obviously, like, you know, me and my brother, we didn't do anything, right? Like, you know, our family's lives are literally in our hand right now, you know, and uh, and even if, you know, <clears throat> even if I wanted to do something, right, like, I'm not going to shoot at these guys when my mom's driving, you know? So um, it just goes to show, like, you, you never really can grasp how how much you're really affecting everybody around you, man. And And I think for... For everybody who's listening, you know, that was in the street or or maybe still is in the street, I don't know. You can think of a time where you were probably by a house and maybe something happened to the house and it was probably because you were there. And um, I, I think the majority of my stories are, you know, were, were at places that that uh, that belong to people, you know, and nine times out of ten, they're related to kings. And then they end up suffering the worst of it because of something we did. You know, I talk about Mary getting evicted and, you know, this house getting shot up and that house getting shot up. Those are all a result of what we did, you know, and we're risking everybody's family based on something that we did. And nine times out of 10, the people that get hurt aren't the, aren't the gang members. Yeah, man, that's, that's, a, that's one of the most overlooked questions that I can honestly say. Um, and it was the first thing I thought of uh, because, you know, your family's got nothing to do with it, man. Like, you know... They just don't, man. They just don't. They they didn't they didn't help you decide to become a gang member. You know, they're not they're you know, they're they're not in the gang with you. Like they're they just love you. You know, your family's only fault is that they love you. And that, that people don't think about that, you know? Yeah, if if somebody's a piece of shit, they're gonna be a piece of shit whether they're a gang member or not. You know, it's got nothing to do with their family, you know? And so yeah, man, it's it's uh it's definitely one that's overlooked a lot. And you You've said in the past on this podcast that that you kind of separated yourself from your family, and part of that reason was because of knowing that you the lifestyle you were living was putting them in danger. Was that something you did from the get-go, or was that something you realized once you were into the gang that, man, I need to put distance between me and people I love because, you know... I don't want to put anybody that's not part of this lifestyle in the middle of it. Right. So initially it was more about just not wanting to be scolded, you know? So initially I just, I hid from my family. I hid everything I was doing from my family. But then once I was knee deep, because it didn't take long, then I realized like, man, I cannot be around my family with this kind of, you know, this kind of stuff around me, you know? And, um, and so, yeah, it was more of a, uh, it was more of at first I was hiding and then, and then, and then I realized it. And then, and then ultimately down the line, man, you get complacent, you know, because like I said, I started bringing brothers over to my house and we would have, we would have meetings in my house and, and you know, um, all kinds of things, you know? And, and so at some point you get complacent, but initially, yeah, the idea is to separate church and state, right? You know, you don't want to, you don't want to have a situation you know, where somebody in your family is affected by, by decisions you're making. Okay, so I'm going to jump down to the next question, which says, are you willing to commit crimes in the presence of people whom you may or may not trust against people for a reason you may or may not know, for a cause that you may or may not know about? That's a mouthful right there. That um, is a mouthful. 
but but if you <clears throat> but the depth of it is real though. So and if we break it down, are you willing to commit crimes in the presence of people who you may or may not trust? So that that's that's simple, right? We're standing on the block. You might have just walked up with two of your friends, right? Let's just say you're you're uh, let's just say you're from two three, and I'm from nineteen, right? And you walk up, you know, you're just you're just happen to be rolling by, and and um, you've seen some kings out, and you wanted to stop and say what's up because that happens all the time, right? Yeah, let's say you walk up. I don't, I don't, and you're with uh, Joe Blow, King Joe Blow, right? <laughs> and and uh, and I don't know King Joe Blow from from Adam. I know Eric, but I don't know King Joe Blow. But but you know, all right, whatever. Like we're all down, we're all down. So we're out here, right? And two seconds later, a car drives by, and I know right away I seen this car before, and now I got to pull out my gun and I got to shoot, right? Now that's that's the that's the main part of that question. Right? Are you willing to commit crimes in the presence of people who you may or may not trust? I don't trust that dude. But guess what? I just had to handle business because there's nothing else I could have did. Because if I would have froze up, one of us might die. If I freeze up, I could get X'd. You know, all these things take place. So you have to be willing to do that. There's a, there's no there's no way around it. You have to be willing to do that. As a as a prospective gang member, you have to be willing to shoot whenever, wherever. No matter what, right? So that's the first part of it. And then the next part of it, against people for a reason you may or not know. And that's self-explanatory, right? If I'm a king and I have to shoot at a cobra, why am I shooting at a cobra? Why? I don't know why. The the rivalry goes back before my time. From my understanding, the inception of gangs in general, especially Spanish cobras and Latin kings and um, La Familia, like just listen to the names. This is all about empowerment to the people, to the Latino communities. That's what it originated from. That's what the start of it was. We were all on the same team at one time, believe it or not. And so it's like, that's the goal. You're supposed to be bringing up your people. The second part of it, against people for a reason you may or may not know. Yeah, you're not going to know why you're shooting at people. You're not going to know why you're willing to kill somebody at first. You're just not. And then eventually down the line, you'll develop a reason in your head, you know, which is more than likely because this person shot at me or they shot at me, right? So that's that's usually what it comes down to. And then the last part for a cause that you may or not may or may not know about. And that's that's self-explanatory, right? If I'm a future, I don't even know what the Latin King cause is. I don't. You're not privy to that. So to be willing to ride and die and kill like it's it's almost it's foolish man it's foolish because you have no idea what you're standing up for yeah you'll get like a little bit of a a, a pep talk and yeah it's for the brotherhood and you know it's for the man next to you but that's not what the manifesto says you know that's that's not that's not what the book says the book condones that kind of uh behavior towards fellow members of your community all these you know, like self-righteous people, they want to act like they know about what it's like and, and um, you know, they want to claim the supremacy. Like, nah, man, like really look at, really look at your literature. Like that's what it's about. It's about, it's about bettering the community, man. You know? And um, that's why, that's why I do this. You know, like that's, that. it's one of the main reasons that always sticks with me, you know, cause it, I'm getting nothing out of this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like we're not, we're not getting nothing out of this. You know, but if I can make a small impact in some way, a positive impact on some life, why wouldn't you do that? You know, so for all the people I, you know, I just, this just brought up a thought in my head, man, because I've, I've, uh, you know, I often think about um, the naysayers, right? And um, not, not that it's going to 
detract me from doing what I'm doing, but it's it's more about me concerned about how lost people are. You know, like if you got a problem with this podcast, this podcast right here, where there's nothing but positive um, coming from a negative situation, then you're lost. You are really, really lost. But um, go ahead. So yeah, that took me off on that tangent. I was just thinking about uh, that question. And, and uh, well, the, the big thing I want to add to this question, and I think this per this question perfectly references back to a story you told on a previous episode where I want to say it was Jay. I could have the name wrong, but he made you bu- break into this guy's house and steal rims from him. Yeah. And. And like like you said, I think you said at that point in time you were kind you were a newer king, or maybe you were even still a future at that time. But I mean, you specifically said in that instance that you had no idea why you were going in and stealing these these rims. You didn't know, and it it turned out that you kind of figured out that he just wanted the rims or whatever. It's a great example of you have to. You had no beef against this guy who you stole these rims from, but it was just right. because somebody was higher up in the hierarchy of the Latin Kings told you this is what you need to do. You kind of were forced to do that. 100%. 100%. Are you Okay, so this is the next question. Are you willing to accept that people within your organization are going to co- cooperate with the government? Well, well, well. The elephant has 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 returned. Um, yeah, this is, this is, uh, this is as plain as it sounds, right? I mean, you know, you come into a circle of men, right? Let's just, let's just, let's just set the scene where we're coming into a circle of men as a prospect and we're about to catch our violation into this gang. You could never look around a circle of 10, 12, 15 guys and say, every one of these guys is going to stand up. No matter what happens, whether it be shooting, whatever it is, they're going to stand up and every one of them is not, nobody's going to cooperate. If you think you could say that, then you're a fool. Plain and simple, man. It, it, there's a, it, it's, it, it's a fact. It's a fact. It's a proven fact that somebody in that circle is going to cooperate, you know? Um, and, and you don't know that coming in. If they tell you that at the door when you're getting strip searched, about to catch a violation, hey, listen, man, you're about to come into a circle of brothers, but there's a good chance somewhere down the line one of these guys is going to tell on you. You good? Nobody's going to be like, yeah, sign me up. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, you know, and, and, um, and, you know, like, like I said, man, like, <laughs> as much as, as much as, um, <clears throat> as much as the overwhelming majority, I'll just put it that way, the overwhelming majority of, street guys, gang members, whomever it is, want to act like they didn't cooperate. Um, The truth is, man, most people cooperate in some form or fashion, you know, and that comes down to even taking a plea, especially in the feds. And I'm not saying everybody, right? Because I know there's stand-up guys out there. And listen, I've always tipped my hat to them and applauded them. And uh, you know, 100%, man. Like I'm, I'm, I'm never the one. I'm not trying to bash anybody for, 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 for choosing to to stay loyal to the street. I'm just saying that to think that other people are going to be that way is 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 foolishness. You know, um, I've mentioned a million times about how 
how easy it is to do this all in secrecy. Um, let's just let's just look at me, right? Let's look at me, right? So my situation is pretty. It's it's out there. I've put it out there for everybody, right? Because I'm not hiding behind it, you know. But let's just say I did try to hide behind it. Let's just say I, I went that route. Let's just say I was like, you know what? People might know, but they don't really know, right? There's nobody that can raise their hand and say that me personally, by myself, put somebody in prison for a long period of time. There's nobody that really has any paperwork on me. The federal, everything federal is all sealed, um, especially even even like court hearings and all that shit. It's all sealed. So there's no real proof. It's just what people, you know, they 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 come to know. So my point of saying that is, had I not been out in front of it or had I not had that kind of notoriety, would anybody really know if I cooperated? Probably not. Probably not. And there's a lot of people that have gotten off on our indictment that have cooperated. Maybe not in the form that I have, but I guarantee you when you sign those pleas and you want to come with a proffer letter because you want to clean your hands of the shit that you've done or what you might have been, that's the same thing as cooperating, man. It's the same thing. You can act like it's not, but I'm going to give you an example, Eric, if you're lost, right? If somebody takes a plea in the federal court, right? In federal court, you take a plea. You can take a plea for, and I've mentioned this before, you could, let's just say it's a gun, right? You could take a plea for that gun. The prosecutor say, hey, you want to take a plea for this gun? Yeah. Okay. Well, you want to, you want to come in and, and, uh, and kind of clean up whatever else you have hanging over your head? Because if you don't, and then Joe Blow comes in and tells me that you were doing something else, I'm going to reindict you. You're going to get charged again. Nine out of 10 of those guys, they come in and they tell on themselves. And that's what they'll say. They say they tell on themselves. And and that's a, that's the right thing to do. Because at the end of the day, what you leave out, somebody can come back and get you for. You know? Mm-hmm. But but my point of saying that is that a lot of people do it. And it doesn't come out as cooperation. But it's cooperation. It is. You know, 100%. Listen, I got an instance. Let me give you an example, right? So I told you about a bar robbery I did before with me and Payne and, and Revy and uh, Juanito, right? So yeah. um, I didn't get charged with that. That wasn't on my indictment, right? So you would think, okay, I'm good then. I didn't get charged with it. But guess what? Payne was one of the main cooperators on our indictment. He was the foundational witness. He went to the grand jury, started the indictment. I would have been a fool to not bring up that robbery when I went to sign my proffer because guess what? They're going to say, hey, this... They knew about it already. Yeah, they already knew about it. Yeah, they knew about it already. And they would have said, this dude's a liar. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. And so this is my point, man, is like to look at guys that are in your circle and think none of these guys are going to cooperate, that's your first mistake. Um, your second mistake is believing that they don't do it anyway. Uh, I mentioned Lawrence. Lawrence was, Lawrence was, he was catching, every time he got caught, he made a statement on some random case, right? And it's like, we never knew that. He was right back in the meeting on Sunday. You know, like right back, throwing up crowns. like, And so um, that's in all those circles, you know, Latin King, 2-1, LF, Cobra, MP. Call me a liar if you want, but I guarantee you I'm telling the truth, man. So what I want to know about specifically about this question is if you go back to when you first were entering into this life, do you think your mindset was nobody would ever do this to me? Was this something that was just purely overlooked by you? Like you never even thought about it as something that could happen? 100%. 100% thought it was taboo. I was like, man, that's a, those are, that's the exception, not the rule. You know what I'm saying? Like I 100% in my mind, I thought, okay, yeah, that happens to like 
one out of a hundred guys, maybe somebody will cooperate. You know, I had no idea how commonplace it was. I had no idea how, I don't know. I mean, and maybe, maybe that sounds naive. Maybe that, that, that sounds foolish, but if, if, if I sound naive, right, let's just say the average listener is like, man, you're really naive to think that. Then that means that other people who still got involved are really dumb. Because if you knew somebody was going to cooperate and you still got, you still came to the game, you're an idiot. You know, at least, at least I can ride with the fact that, okay, I'm a naive young kid. You're a dummy. If you're saying that you knew guys were going to cooperate, you know, and then, and then you'll get the people to say, yeah, I knew guys were going to cooperate. That's why I did dirt by myself. Man, get the hell out of here. Nobody believes that shit. Nobody believes that shit. You know what I mean? That's, it's the stupidest thing in the world. Yeah, I used to, I do dirt on my own. Well, why was it on the news? Because I, I watched the news. I was a, I was an avid news watcher. I never seen one damn, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, it's funny because <laughs> I, I laugh about things like that, man, because I've heard all those little uh, quirky little sayings when it comes to people in the street. Yeah, I knew. That's why I didn't hang around this guy or I didn't hang around that guy or, you know what I'm saying? Because I felt like this. Like, if you felt like that and you were still that, then you're an idiot. You're a dummy. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you saying you knew and you had foresight... And you were still throwing up crowns. What does that say about you? So, I mean, that's how I feel. Yeah, and and with that one, I also feel like it's unreasonable for for you to expect that anybody would really think about this at that point in time because the amount of cooperators that we actually hear of. Because you listen to this podcast, you might realize a lot more that a lot of people, a lot more people within gangs, cooperate because we've had story upon story of somebody cooperating. But I think the level of cooperation it takes for us as normal people to hear about it is quite a significant amount of cooperation. So it seems like it's a rare thing, but it's just happening all the time on a very small scale. So right, and 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 and, and you go right up the chain, right? Like the mafia. The mafia is a breeding ground for cooperation. They started cooperation. Like the witness protection program was built. Because of the mafia and them cooperating, like let's not let's not fool ourselves here. Like that's where it came from. It came from them, you know. The Rico came from the mafia, you know. That just goes to show, like, as much as you as much as you want to, I guess it's like a hold your nose kind of topic, right? Like nobody wants to talk about it really. They just want to believe that it doesn't really happen, and they don't. They want to believe that people they know really don't do it. You know, uh, yeah, okay, that's fine. You can lie to yourself, but the reality is, it's 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 nationwide. All right. So on to the next question. We have: Are you willing to spend the rest of your life in prison if someone in your organization cooperates against you for crimes committed? Mm, yeah, and see, so that's that's a little bit more. I I put that there because unlike. The first time you asked me, are you willing to go to prison for this organization? I put a time frame on it, which is the rest of your life. <laughs> that's that's the time frame. And so by doing that, how many people are going to sign up for that? I mean, just how many people are going to sign up and say, yes, I will take life in prison for this gang? I don't know one, bro. And I've known some diehard, I've known diehard Latin kings. Like I'm talking about guys that born and bred and bled and everything, they will not say yes to that question. Now, do guys get life? Yeah, of course. Do guys take life, you know, opposed to cooperating? Yes, 100%. But 
I guarantee you a high percentage of people given this question in the very beginning of their career, I promise you it would deter a lot of people. You know, it, would, it definitely would. And I think the beauty of that question is, is that maybe somebody that doesn't really understand the gra- gravity of cooper of cooperators would say to the first question, like, yeah, I can probably live with that. But then I think you throw that second question in there and anybody that might have hesitation or might be like, yeah, I could probably be OK with cooperators. When you read that next question, it should take that person and immediately take them over to the, no, I don't want anything to do with this side, because that kind of just reiterates how bad a cooperator can be for you. Right. Well, we'll listen to this too, right? And and this is, this is, a, this is a good example. We've had guys around us that weren't kings, that were street guys, you know, guys that sell drugs, guys that sell guns, you know, and... And uh, they may even do, you know, handle business in the street as far as shootings if they if they need to. But the reality is that the majority of their life is spent as a drug dealer. And then they start associating with guys like us. And they're like, man, these dudes are shooting people every day. Like, I can't be around that. Because why? Because they don't want to either A, die or B, go to prison. Because violence is what brings the police involvement. Violence is what brings the feds. Violence is what brings all the attention. You know, nobody, yeah, sure. They're stopping guys and, you know, you know, raiding crack spots and all that. That's, that's, that's business as usual. But what brings the heat, what brings task force, what's bring, what brings indictments, which, what brings coalitions between state and local and, and, and federal authorities is violence. Violence does it every time. So knowing that, knowing that the foundation of our organization is violence, you'd have to be willing to spend the rest of your life in prison. And I think being posed that question would really make you think about it. It really yeah. would, bro. I mean, you would have to be, there'd have to be something weird going on if you didn't right. have at least a moment of hesitation at that mention. Right. So. And then just, just, just complete the sentence. You know, the, the rest of the sentence is life in prison if someone in your organization cooperates against you for crimes you committed. So it's not even about you getting caught for a crime and going and spending life in prison. Because listen, let me back it up, right? And this is, this is, this is a reality. And this isn't a justification, but it's a reality. And I think most guys will agree with this, whether they hate me or not, right? When guys get caught for a crime, you get caught red-handed for a crime, whether it be a shooting, you get caught with dope, you get caught with a gun. You accept responsibility for that. Like you go and do your time, you know? When I got caught for, you know, shooting Wolf's cousin in the neck, the BP, right? I didn't get caught with the gun. I didn't get caught by eyewitness, none of that. I got told on by this dude, right? But I went and did my time. I didn't bring nobody else in. That was my crime. That was my case. And yeah, I felt some type of way because I thought something would happen to him. But regardless of what it was, I got caught. That was mine. On the indictment, did I get caught or did I get brought in? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and I think that goes for a lot of people. There's a lot of guys that have been in and out of prison for their own mistakes, you know, they get caught with a gun. They get caught with a gun. They get caught with a gun. They get caught with a sack of dope. You know, when they go and do time, they're not trying to tell on people. They're just going to do the time because they know that's their own volition. And so 
No, I think that's a big part of it because what 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 the question stated is that you're not even a suspect in any of these crimes. But because somebody in your organization got caught, they're going to come and testify on you and make you a suspect and make you the prime suspect and get a conviction. You know, so I think that whole question is is really, really. All right. So we only got a couple more and the next ones are are starting to get really personal. And I would say that if. if well, you, you know what? Listening... You know what? How about how about we do this then? How about we do this? How about we save these last four questions for another episode? Because I feel like these four questions, they coincide with each other and they have a deep, you know, deep especially with me, they have a deep meaning. And I feel like what we've done so far is kind of, it's isolated from it. What do you think about that? We can do, we can definitely do that. A two-parter. I think this is our first two-parter. A two-parter. See, if I was, if I was, you know, if I was really grimy, right? I do the other part on Patreon, but I ain't going to do that to my fans. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I ain't going to do that to the fans out there, man. You know? And I'm not saying fans of me. I'm talking about fans of the show. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? I'm saying fans of the stories. Uh, but but yeah, so we'll, we'll definitely do a part two. I think that'll be cool. I think people will like these other four questions. I think especially because they're a little more personal with regards to me, I'll have my own input and um, very, very impactful stuff on my end. Well, that'll be the plan then. So Everybody stay tuned for the second part of this. Berto, do you want any want to mention anything else before we Yeah, yeah, I do. I uh I should have probably I forgot to mention it in the beginning. Um but we're getting close man to these 10 reviews. I just got another review. It was a really good review. And so what I plan to do is once I get the 10, I want to I want to read them, man. I want to read the I want to read the reviews. I want the uh the people listening to be able to um to know that they are interacting directly with our show, man, and they're they're playing a big role in everything we're doing. Um, like I said, man, I do this. I do this so people can listen. I do this so people can learn, and I do this so people can try to spread a positive message. We do have the Patreon, and obviously, the more people that subscribe, that helps the show a hundred percent. And and other than that, I think the uh, I think the rest is up to you, Eric. All right. Well. With that, we'll wrap this episode up. As usual, we do have, like Berto said, the Patreon, which can be found at patreon.com slash normalizedcrime, or you can uh, find a link for it in the show notes of this episode. And as well as if you have comments, feedback, anything like that, you can reach out to us at normalizedcrime at gmail.com. And with that, we will be back next week with another episode, and thanks everybody for tuning in. Peace! Thanks for tuning in to Normalized Crime. Stay tuned for the next episode.